Welcome, dear listener. I'm Louis, your host, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of The Cove, the podcast where we go deep with builders on Solana. That's right, it's a doubleheader this week. We already had Kana on, and today I'm pumped to talk all things liquid staking on the podcast. And to do that, I've got Torob from Marinade to tell us the ins and outs of liquid staking some background about the validators of Solana, and we even discussed the recent happenings with Luna and what we can learn from it. As a note, this podcast was recorded shortly after Luna collapsed. Before we jump in, I'd like to share a bit about our sponsor. Streamflow is the leading token distribution platform on Solana. With Streamflow's token vesting service, you have absolute control over the vesting schedule. Set the dates, add a cliff, set automatic withdrawals so that the vested tokens are dropped right into the recipient's wallet, set notifications to the recipient about the stream status and much more. Streamflow's contracts are audited and already have over 150 million in TVL from some of the strongest teams on Solana. If you're looking to set up vesting contracts, head over to streamflow.finance to get started today. All right, I'm very, very excited to have Torob from Marinade on today to share all about liquid staking on Solana. Welcome to the podcast, Torob. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I actually have listened to a few episodes, so uh, I'm happy to be on. The One of the things in crypto is there's so many podcasts and source of information, so uh, it's really interesting to, to find a few that you really like and then start listening. So uh, obviously your fans have good taste. <laughs> So if you've listened to a few, then you'll know that we, we always start with hearing a bit about your journey into crypto uh, and a bit about your background. So maybe we can kick things off with that. Absolutely. So uh, as you said, my name is Tarab. I'm actually currently the head of partnerships at Marinade Finance. And I actually originally got into the space in 2017. Uh, I, I've mentioned this before, but sadly, my first purchase was Ripple. I didn't understand the concept of buying fractions of stuff. Uh, I just thought it was like stocks, you know, you had to buy the whole thing or nothing. And I was like, oh, Bitcoin's like 3,000, 4,000. That's a little too too much for me. And Ripple is like 13 cents. And so that was my first foray. But back then there wasn't that many tokens. So at that time it was like Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Ripple for whatever reason. And so that's how I first got in. And then once I started learning, uh, I got into Bitcoin and Ethereum mainly. And then the sirens in 2018 of these crap coins uh, called and I fell for those. But I think that's just a learning lesson for everyone. But before crypto, uh, I was in tech sales. And uh, before that, I was actually a teacher. And so I think teaching actually really helped me in the sales role and then also helped me learning, which kind of led me to crypto. And uh, here we are. Yeah, I think everyone has a couple experiences like that on the path towards getting a bit a little bit more sophisticated, if we can say that. Um, we'll get to that later, but you know, there's been an experience, a learning experience in the last couple of days, which which we can talk about later. Uh, so let's chat about what Marinade is. Uh, can you share a bit about what Marinade is and maybe how it got started? Yeah. So uh, for the people who don't know, uh, obviously Solana is proof of stake, and so for any blockchain which is proof of stake, uh, you want to be able to provide capital efficiency, and so that's what liquid staking does. So uh, in order to secure a proof of stake system, users have to stake the token. And so what it does is it prevents the blockchain from being attacked. 
And so obviously the most famous in, on Bitcoin, which is actually proof of work, but it's the 51% attack, right? If someone controls 51% of the hash power, they can technically halt the blockchain or attack it. And then for Solana, uh, that number is 33.333%, and that's known as the Nakamoto coefficient. And so when you hear that, uh, that means that 33%. So anyways, back to staking. So back in the day, like when I first got into Solana, you had to be, if you want to stake, you had to choose from this huge list of validators, most of which you've never heard their names. And so I randomly asked a few friends and they said, I trust Everstake. I've heard of their names before and they're like the number one validator. And so most of us stake with these big validators. But the issue is that when you stake with them, you can't really do anything else. And then in on Solana, there's like this three day epoch. So if you lock, and then you, uh, if you stake and then unstake, you have to wait roughly three days to then get your soul back. Uh, that's problem number one. Uh, problem number two is that you, there's no capital efficiency, right? So let's say I want to use it as collateral and then borrow against it. There's nothing really that can help me do that. Uh, and then the last one is if, let's say the market like today, today's May 11th, depending on where you are, May 12th, the market is crazy volatile. And if you wanted to be able to sell your soul and it's staked, you're out of luck just like a lot of the people who have their luna staked obviously right now what's going on is in the terra ecosystem is catastrophic and so basically what the marinade team did is there are actually a, a few different developers and there was a hackathon and they all built a product and then they realized like hey we're all building the same one so why don't we cooperate instead of compete and that's kind of how marinade got started and we actually pride ourselves in still carrying that ethos, which is we'd rather work with you than work against you. Uh, because right now we're still so early, as cliche as that sounds, and it just makes more sense for us to lift each other up than us tear each other down. Again, in spite of what's going on in the market right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the the buzzword for the for the year, I think, with Solana. It's all about composability. So it's mm -hmm. nice to hear that um, the, that's kind of in the DNA of the project. Yeah, can you give us a bit some more examples tangibly about what you can do with uh, the the liquid staked Solana, which is called MSOL, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, the other part I forgot to mention is that so right now, if you stake your soul, you earn roughly six to seven percent annually on your soul, and so if you want to capture that, you have to stake it. So what we did with MSOL is you can stake your soul and you receive MSOL, which is our liquid token, and you will still receive that six to seven percent. You would still be able to use it as collateral. Uh, you'd be able to sell it immediately because there's a market for it. And so any we currently are integrated in, I would say, 90 something percent of like the top 40 uh, projects by TVL um, on DeFi Llama on Solana. So right now it's more of a question of where can you not use us than it is where can you use us? And we're currently the number one liquid staking solution. We're the number one DeFi project by TVL. Um, which isn't saying much given what's happening in the markets, but we'll take it. And uh, so, yeah, with MSOL, you can put in covered vaults, you can borrow against it, you can uh, LP, um, there's a bunch of different pairs, MSOL ETH, MSOL USDC, et cetera, et cetera. So there's quite a bit you can do with MSOL. Yeah, just to like really drive it home. So say you have some Solana in your wallet, um, you can um, basically stake it with Marinade, you get MSOL back into your wallet. Mm-hmm. And then you can use that across the ecosystem. So, you know, for example, you can lend it on Solend and you can be earning, I don't know what it is now, say 3%. Um, so that's that's on top of the staked percentage that you're earning for the soul that's staking with Marinade. So, yeah, 
basically it's a, a complete win. But now let's talk about the other win, which is maybe less visible to the user, but more visible or like has a bigger implication for the network itself. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can talk about how liquid staking has an impact on the decentralization of the network as a, as a whole. Yeah. So firstly, you know, as you know, remember earlier when I said that you had a choice to stake and generally you choose the name that's the most familiar. So that's good at the individual level, but at the blockchain level, it's not good because when you get a lot of concentration, it becomes much easier like uh, as a vector attack point uh, to be able to halt a network. So what you actually want is you want a lot of really good validators um, and you want the, the stake to be spread across it. And so one of the things that Marinade does is that when you uh, stake your soul with us, we will delegate it to any validator, which has a few conditions. Number one, they're not in the top 21, 22. And you remember when I talked about that Nakamoto coefficient, which was 33.333%. So whichever number of validators at the top make up that uh, one third, anything after that, that has less than 10% commission fees and has a certain percentage of uptime, we will delegate some stake to them. And so what we're doing is we are decentralizing Solana in that way and not allowing to just all get concentrated at the very top. Uh, because although, again, at the individual level, it might make more sense because you feel safer, the reality is that it's not good for the ecosystem as a whole. Um, but then also from a risk, like if you think that uh, putting all your stake on one validator is risky, this also de-risks because it's being spread across and it's being socialized, the gain and the loss, if something were to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the 33%, just for those people who are maybe a little bit less familiar with sort of, I guess, the, the decentralization elements of Solana, if, say, those first 22 were somehow attacked, the 33% is for halting the network, right? It doesn't actually give you control of the network. Yes, it would be to halt the network, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. Cool. And so in terms of the liquid staking, you guys are staking across 400 different validators uh, yeah. and, and spreading that, that liquid stake across. Yeah, exactly. So currently it's 400. We ideally like it to be in the thousands. Um, obviously, one of the issues is that if you're going to run a validator, you have to be profitable. And so currently what Marinade is building is a uh, validator onboarding program. And we're hoping to work in coordination with a bunch of other players in the space. Like I mentioned, we just want to help like build on Solana and secure it. And so we would like to increase the quantity and the quality of the validators because not all validators are the same. Some are more efficient and some are just better at what they do. And so what we're hoping to do is have an academy of sorts where we'll, we'll help teach you how to run uh, your own validator and like your own node. And then at the same time, give you some stake. And then of course the Solana Foundation also has their prerequisites and then you can qualify for that as well. Um, so that's what we're looking to do. And, um, there's like this 10 K meme, like 10 K validators. So we're quite far off from that, but you know, we're hoping to just move in that direction right now. And what are, what are the latest numbers in terms of the validators? Do you know? I actually don't because it changes. Um, uh, speaking of which one of the top validators on Solana yesterday announced that they're closing Dokia capital, which I believe is number eight. So. I don't know why I have no understanding as to why they're closing their doors, uh, but it is very interesting. And what's uh, going to be um, really coveted is that stake because 
everyone who was on Dokia, they're going they're right now. It's an unstake period. And I think when I last check, it's going to unstake in about two hours. So the market is scared that that unstake might just be a bunch of market selling. Uh, but a lot of the people who are veterans in the space believe that it's actually they're just going to look for different stakes. So a lot of the validators right now are trying to figure out whose stake it is and trying to court them, because obviously the more stake you have, the more fees you generate. And so I, I am actually looking forward to understanding why they close their doors. Uh, because at least as far as I've been, you know, involved in staking and uh, like monitoring validators, I haven't seen such a large one just shut their doors without an explanation. Uh, so it's going to be interesting tomorrow to see if we get any more information. Is it fair to say that that would be basically good for decentralization? Because whether or not the soul is sold or redelegated, it is likely to end up on like a liquid staking solution or on other validators that are not in, not within the top 22? Well, okay, quantitatively- I'm looking for a, a bright yeah. side here. <laughs> okay, so quantitatively, as long as one person gets motivated and says, you know what, I'm gonna spin up my own validator, then at the very least we break even. And then from there on forward, then it is a net positive because we're breaking down the concentration. But the reality is that as much as I want to be, uh, you know, eat the rich type thing, and in this case, the rich would be the ones with the top stake, I don't think that's fair because a lot of them, they just are so good at what they do that it's like they're suffering from success. Shout out to DJ yeah. Khaled. Um, so that's kind of the situation, you know? Okay, gotcha. So when, like, can we walk through, say I stake my Solana, mm -hmm. can you give us a bit of a like high level overview of what that journey is for that Solana once it's staked? Yeah, so you stake it with us and it goes to a pool. And then what we do is we, first of all, we negate uh, the top 21 or 22 validators, again, the top 33%. And then we say, okay, who has X amount of uptime and uh, is performing? And then secondly, who has fees that are 10% or less? If they fulfill those two requirements, then we will give them stake. And it's all done algorithmically. There's not like a human touch where I manually, and no one manually moves it anywhere. And so that's basically how it works. Um, and so some will be 10%, 8%, 5%. And so uh, what we do is we average all of that and then we distribute it to uh, the stakers or the suppliers. And I guess it's a topic these days in the last couple of weeks uh, in terms of, um, you know, I mean, it's always a topic in, in DeFi and in crypto, but in terms of additional risk that you, you take on board when you're using like a liquid staking solution, I guess there's some kind of smart contract risk in, in the distribution of the stake, although... It sounds like it's basically being locked immediately into a validator, so it's, it's probably fairly secure, right? Yeah, I would I say mean, it's 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 non-zero risk, meaning like you can't say it's zero risk. But the thing mm -hmm. about the thing about it is that Lindy obviously is important, right? The longer something works, the more likely it is to continue working. And so, luckily, we've never had any issues, any hacks, or anything of the sort. Um, and other than the Casio one, I think on Solana there haven't been that many. Also, the the wormhole attack was, was oh yeah quite a bit the wormhole weird. attack yeah that yeah. so I don't know if that would be considered a Solana specific one but maybe it would be considered because yeah. I think it was like it's the bridge between the two it? that was attacked yeah yeah um, true, but true. in terms of DeFi projects themselves uh, again yeah. once the honeypot gets bigger uh, then people might start attacking it more and so one of the reasons like like I think it's it's an unfair um, attack on Ethereum when people say, oh man, look how many attacks you guys have. Well, they have a lot of more money. So it makes sense that if I'm mm. a thief, I'm going to go after the place where I can steal the most, right? Or hack the most. Um, but I do think that 
part of the reason why is also is, uh, not everything is open source right now, although Marinade is. And so that also will, will lead to these type of issues. Yeah, I think Ethereum also just has such a bigger developer mindshare that there's way more, way more attackers that are sophisticated. Exactly. Yeah, so one thing that comes to mind is when we have liquid staking, we're decentralizing the different validators. Uh, but if we end up having like one liquid staking solution, for example, like Lido is, is really big across different chains. Yep. Uh, I think then you have another kind of centralization. And so I think that's a nice way to segue into discussing like the way that Marinade is governed. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the way that Marinade is governed and the community behind Marinade. Yeah, of course. So uh, uh, one of the nightmares is you don't want to create a Frankenstein situation where, you know, you create the monster you're trying to like avoid. And so in our situation, yeah. at least in our particular situation, it would be centralizing the decentralization. And so that's exactly why we um, actually are doing a public round right now. And we're going to be doing a private round. Uh, we can go into the details of that later. But in terms of governance, one of the issues just in general with all these projects is they're not really decentralized. Um, and then the DAOs, they don't ever vote on anything meaningful, which means their governance token is basically useless. So for us, we have gotten to a point where we're like the number one uh, DeFi project and we feel it's better to start decentralization sooner than later. Yes, we give up some flexibility, but you don't want to get so big uh, that you know you ossify. And then once you ossify, it's very hard to pivot. So we're trying to be pragmatic and trying to incorporate this governance. And so one of the most interesting things is that we realize that, look, at the end of the day, most people don't vote because they don't care, you know, unless it's like convex where there's a bribing mechanism where it literally means money every single week in my pocket. Am I really going to vote? Like, should we whitelist this token, whitelist that token? Unless you have a huge bag, you don't really care. And so what we did is we realized that, look, one of the main drivers of Solana adoption are NFTs. And so we said, hey, let's have some fun and we'll use the NFTs for governance. So the way it works is you have the marinade token, which is MNDE. And so what you would do is you would lock it or stake it. And in return, you would get an NFT. And then that NFT will have like that metadata of how much marinade you locked. And then using that NFT, you can vote. So besides like having a picture of an octopus or whichever one you get, the other cool part is that you can actually sell it on the open market. So if you go to Magic Eden right now, you can actually buy some marinade NFTs and you can like check the metadata to see how much it is compared to the market price and maybe there's a premium. And so you can actually sell it on the second market much easier, even though it's locked or staked, I should say. Um, so that is how we currently do our governance. Uh, and then secondly, we, in addition to like this whole NFT thing, we're giving you an actual reason to vote. Um, but before I continue, I just want to make sure if, uh, if that made sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I got a, another question. So it, does that mean that I can buy the NFT and then add more MNDE to that existing NFT or is it sort yes. of at the beginning Genesis? Okay. Yeah, you can add, um, a lot of users. So right now there's like a certain number that get a special NFT. And so currently you can still get it. So a lot of people, what they're doing is they're just locking small amounts of marinade uh, because they want to see if they get a cool NFT that they like. Um, but yes, you could theoretically have one and then just add more marinade to it. Absolutely. Cool. And then the second question is in terms of the actual governance functionality, how does that work with the NFTs? Like are you using realms or what, what's, what, how, how is the governance actually working? 
so the way governance currently works is anyone from the community, I think there's a very small threshold of merit that you have to have, you can make a proposal. And then the community just, we have a forum, they discuss it, and then it can get put up to vote. And so we've had a few um, proposals that have already passed. Uh, and so, you know, we want to start with like simple stuff, a few tests, but now we're actually moving towards meaningful voting. So right now, uh, what we're looking to do is to earmark 10% of our TVL. So let's say we have 10 million soul. One million of it will be voted on by marinade governance. And what you can do is you can vote which validator you want to send that soul to. So let's say you yourself are a validator or a lot of NFT projects. They're actually running their own validators just like uh, because they want to help uh, secure Solana. So let's say, for example, I'm on I'm in Monkey Dow or DJ Nape Academy. They each have their own individual validators. I could then vote for my my gang, my NFT gang, and so then they would get some soul stake. They'd earn some fees, and there's some actual financial ramifications of voting. The second uh, really valuable uh, portion of governance is you can vote on our emissions. So currently we have like X amount of marinade emissions that go towards uh, liquidity incentives. And so let's say you're a protocol and you want to um, incentivize people to provide liquidity for let's say MSOL and let's say near protocol or whatever, like whatever your protocol is, you can actually do that with the, the voting. And so uh, we're making it so that validators and protocols can find it profitable um, to participate in governance because it's much more capital efficient to steer using marinade tokens than it is for you to like buy soul and then stake it true so in terms of the the main user who would be performing governance for marinade is it kind of a blend of like retail protocols and and validators or do you have like a single sort of is it mostly validators who you would see in the future okay yeah so great question um you're like perfectly segueing into stuff which i know we didn't rehearse so that's pretty impressive uh so one of the things about marinade which is different from basically almost every other DeFi project that you see on the market is that we were completely bootstrapped so we never took any vc money we didn't take any money from investors why does that matter? Because there's no person that holds like 30% of all marinade tokens. And so the right now, the people who hold marinade are the ones who farmed it. And so if you're, let's say Alameda or Jump Capital, one of these big dogs, you had just as much opportunity as, you know, John Doe to, to, to farm. And so right now it's all community. And so we like it that way. And so we're, we started decentralized. And so uh, we actually see that in our governance, like if you go to our forum, you'll see it's all just ordinary people who are invested in marinade that care. Uh, and then obviously the validators really care because number one, a lot of them get stake from us. So they want to understand how our mechanism works. And then secondly, I think, you know, after speaking to the top validators, they actually really do support liquid staking and they realize that at, this is going to be the end game, right? So the end game is going to be liquid staking. Um, and there's not going to be too many reasons why someone wouldn't use MSOL instead of just carrying SOL. Yeah, it's kind of like a contradiction for them or an oxymoron because they probably want the network to be decentralized, but they also want to optimize to have as much SOL as possible delegated towards them. Yes. So it is, see, it's like that paradox of the common good versus the selfish good. And so I think a lot of the top players, like once your bag gets to a certain size, that one or 2% is less important than the success of the bag in its entirety. And so a lot of these players, these validators, they're not only on Solana, right? So it's not like 
if Solana fails, then they're done. A lot of them are validators on a bunch of different networks, right? So um, like on different layer ones. So a lot of the top validators on Solana are top validators on Ethereum. And so you kind of see that across the board. Uh, but one thing that is special about Marinade is that we are a Solana native staking solution. So we're only on Solana, we're dedicated to Solana, which is why uh, right now we're doing like our raise. We only want to work with people who are committed to the long-term success of Solana and the blockchain. Um, and so it's been pretty cool to be able to talk to a bunch of different people and get their perspectives. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that different validators are across different chains because there's really like when we talk about decentralization, there's so many layers to it and so many different elements you have to consider. I mean, yeah, some of the big validators, they're massively influential in the whole space across multiple chains. And, you know, yeah, who knows? We'll see in the future. Um, I mean, I guess every day and every month we're kind of learning new attack vectors and, and new things to we need to consider um, in terms of maintaining this, this decentralized vision for DeFi and, and other use cases. Yeah, so the, the the governance sounds super cool. It sounds like very engaging for basically um, anyone. Can you share a little bit about what's coming in the future for Marinade? Apart from, you know, you mentioned the raise, but in terms of the on the product side, maybe more? Yeah, so uh, we actually recently, again, I swear this, guys, if you're listening, this wasn't rehearsed, but we recently launched this thing called the Decentralizer. And so, okay, so one of the issues, especially for people who hold a lot of soul, is that if they stake their soul and get a liquid staking tokens like MSOL, a lot of countries or jurisdictions would consider that a taxable event. So if you got Solana at like 50 cents and you sell it and, and then you stake it, it's almost as if you sold it or swapped it. So then you have to pay taxes on that. So what we did is we came up with this thing called the decentralizer. And what it does is it does almost exactly what a normal marinade, uh, like a normal stake on marinade would do, except you don't get MSOL. So you'll still get your soul rewards, but what will happen is your soul will get distributed uh, using the same parameters of a nor our normal uh, marinade uh, system. And so it allows people who don't necessarily want to be like deal with the tax implications to be able to decentralize Solana and, and still get their rewards. Uh, so that's number one. And then in terms of pipeline from a non-product, like I mentioned, we're doing our raise. And so we're currently profitable. So it's not like we need this money to survive. But the reason why we're doing this raise is because it's one of the ways to get the larger players on Solana uh, involved in our governance. Because we don't see ourselves like a normal DeFi project. We literally want to be in the background and just be a security layer for Solana. Uh, kind of like, a, you know, the street sweepers or the garbage truck, they come, they do their job, but if they don't do their job, you're going to know it really fast. And so that's kind of what we're hoping to do because it is a common good. Like decentralization, I'm going to let you know the truth. It's not sexy. It's not these crazy 5,000% Ponzi yields or whatever. It's just slow, steady. Um, it's not much, but it's honest work. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, no decentralization is is even less sexy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what? Like one just quick quick comment. I I love the design on on Marinade. Can is there something you can say about like what what's behind that design? Shout out to Ellie. So she's like our main creative design person. Um, so it's funny because I walked in like. So they obviously went with uh, it's like a play on words, right? Because you stake and then there's a stake and then you marinate the stake and haha marinade it's chef hat and so i actually think it's funny um 
So that was like the thought process behind it. Uh, and then we actually went through a rebrand recently. And then you can kind of see the quirkiness uh, of our branding with our NFT. So if you look at our NFTs, you'll see it's like very consistent with our brand. And so that's by design. And, you know, we, we take ourselves serious, but not that serious in a way where like we're like we're just normal people that are working for Solana. This isn't some big hedge fund that supports us or anything like that. We're just normal people that legitimately wanted to build on Solana. And so um, you can kind of see that if you ever meet our team members. Yeah, it's like professional, but still playful, which I think is a good note to hit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So we, we heard about uh, what's in the pipeline for Marinade and, and this decentralizer sounds pretty cool. I'd love to zoom out a little bit, a little bit uh, wider. You mentioned in the very beginning of the call about a bit about what's been happening in the, like the last last days, um, and it's it's pretty crazy times uh, at this at this moment. So let's think about like Solana wide, you know, from the perspective of Marinade, which, as you said, is this kind of street sweeper for mm -hmm. you know decentralizing the network. Like, how would you rate Solana's decentralization at this point? If you had a scorecard okay so comparison means i have to have something to compare it to so that's problem number one i'm just setting myself a bunch of um things i can say so that someone gets mad and say, yeah exactly yeah uh so that's number one i do think okay it can get a lot better again if you look at the stake there's a lot of concentration but part of that is because a lot of the top holders of solana um they're not staking right now and so that in and of itself, I think, will get fixed over time. Again, you have to think about how long Solana has been out and, and actually being used. It hasn't been long. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, when someone buys a safe, that's like this thing is bulletproof, bombproof, fireproof. And then like the hinges can kind of just be screwed off. You're like, oh, wait, I forgot that. You know, like it's actually very vulnerable. I don't think we're that extreme, but I do think that there's a lot of room for improvement. And if you ask Anatoly or Raj yourself, they'll probably tell you the same. So I'd say currently like a three out of 10. Uh, but the reality is like, you don't know how good it is until you're attacked, right? So it's like when someone thinks they can fight really well until they get in a real fight, like, oh wait, maybe I don't know how to fight that well. Um, hopefully we don't have that something serious that soon, but um, I think it's nice to test uh, a system's anti-fragility especially given what's happening with Terra and Luna in the market right now. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the, the elephant in the room. It's the, the background that we're having this conversation on, which is, um, yeah, it's a, a nightmare for a lot of people. And, and it, does, it does test that network for sure. So I think everyone, it's a little bit like in traditional startups um, and Web2, you know, the security department is very often not listened to. And then when, when you get hacked, suddenly... <laughs> Everyone is all about talking about security. So hopefully what's happening with Terra brings like a, a new level of interest and uh, attention on those security and decentralization elements um, of each L1. Yeah, so like we've also seen a bit of a drawdown in terms of the Solana price. And, you know, this is not a trading podcast, but it's we have to at some point, I think price has potentially some implications for the security of the network. Is there any implications that you can see with with the with the change in the solana price and like how does that affect validators do you think yeah so before solana had its historic run up from like 250 cents or a dollar to 240 or whatever it got to there wasn't that many validators and so obviously when the price of solana goes up people say hey i, I can see how much it costs to run a validator how much stake i can maybe attract 
this is pretty profitable. But obviously the issue is that you're fully dependent on the price of Solana. So if you were, you know, breaking even at, let's say, 100, oh, and the price of Sol's at 100, you're now bleeding when it's at 50 or 60. And so I do think that a lot of the people, a lot, a lot of people got into the validator space because they saw it was profitable. And, you know, there's like this sense of invincibility when something's like pumping, right? So a lot of people are like, do you think Sol will ever go under $200 again? And of course I said, hell no, man, it's just going to be keep flying forever. And so this is going to be an issue. And so it will be uh, very interesting to see how it plays out if there really is a prolonged bear market, because then obviously what's going to happen is if it's not profitable, you're just going to shut your doors down uh, as a validator. And then it kind of becomes like a, a, a feedback loop. Right. And so we definitely don't want that to happen. Uh, but I feel confident that Anatoly and Solana Foundation that um, we're working with them and we will find a way together to like make sure that we can increase the quantity of validators regardless of the price of, of Sol. So, but yes, to your point, the higher the price of Sol goes, the happier everyone is, including us, because we take our fees from their fees. So, yeah, uh, it kind of hurts everyone. On the flip side, if you were interested in setting up a validator, it's it's now much cheaper, right? Because the the minimum amount of Solana required to get started is now much cheaper to buy to pick up. Yeah. So when I um, so there's also fixed costs which aren't denominated in Sol. So those costs actually then become more expensive, right? Because that's in dollars. And so unless you can find a way to find a fixed Sol price for running the validator, um, that's generally going to still be an issue. Uh, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, especially because like this whole drawdown happened so fast. Uh, but I think we're all just kind of reeling and trying to figure out. It's like when there's like a, a, a nuclear whatever holocaust and you come out the house for the first time, the sky's red, there's clouds everywhere. So I think that's kind of where we are. And so hopefully we'll figure out in the next like week or two um, what's going on. Yeah, I hope we don't sound too shocked in this podcast. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, so I don't know when people are going to hear the podcast, but right now it's May 11th or 12th. So if you're confused, go on CoinGecko and go back to this date and look at the prices. And I'm hoping by the time you see this, that this will be a distant memory and that we bounce back 50%. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. I don't think it's going to take that long to edit. So I think it's still going to be uh, as it is now. But let's see. Um, is there any other like as we're sort of heading towards wrapping up? Is there any other thoughts or um, concerns or comments you'd like to make on on the last couple of days? You know, whether it be inside the Solana space or more more generally. I mean, first of all, I feel for everyone uh, that was invested in Luna uh, in the Terra ecosystem at large or hold, held UST. I am one of those people. Uh, and so I know people that put their basically their entire net worth into Luna and to have it drop 99%, like it's hard to emotionally be ready for that, right? Because the way this spiraled was really tough. And so if this is kind of like, you know, when someone wants to join like a tribe or a gang, they like have this initiation, this is baptism by fire as cliche as that sounds. And this is just a learning lesson. It just for the people that lost a lot, man, I, not to be overly dramatic or whatever hyperbolic but like i know people that have contemplated uh decisions that there's no coming back from and i definitely think people should just reach out to others whether it be in real life or in your crypto communities because 
the market will bounce back, you know, it might not be that token, but if you if you were able to build yourself up from like zero to a million dollars, you can if you did it once, you could do it twice. So nothing is uh, as serious as life itself. And um, again, I don't want to be overly dramatic. This is like, you know, we're just talking. But I do think that's really important and that we're still really early. So a lot of people felt like they missed. I remember when Bitcoin hit 5,000, 6,000. I was like, oh, my God, I missed my opportunity. It's over. I'm so stupid. And then it went to 64K. Now it's at like, you know, like 30K or whatever it is. And so uh, we're still really early. And um, yeah, the, the biggest thing is don't run away during the bear market. I think I did that a little bit um, after the bear market in 2018, 2019. And I regret it because I missed the entire DeFi summer and all the stuff that came with it. So next time, I, maybe it's not DeFi summer, maybe it's something else, right? And so just stay in the space. And so that'd probably be my biggest advice. Yeah, hundred percent. That's solid advice. Uh, you got to take the red with the green and thoughts go out to everyone who's, who's heavily affected, especially if it's your first, first experience like this. Uh, it's pretty tough, but, um, yeah, this is, this is how you build intuition for the future. So, um, as you said, it's good to stay, stay on board, stay in. And a lot of the actual really consequential building is going to go on, um, when, when there's less um, hype and less metaverses and blah blah blah, um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what people come up with and, and cool cool new stuff, especially on Solana, of course. You know, we, there's a bit, there's a big year ahead. There's a lot of cool projects rolling out. Uh, I'm sure there'll be further hackathons, and uh, so yeah, we're we're excited to see what, what's coming next. Um, before we wrap up, um, could you maybe share a bit where like people can find out more about Marinade, where they can get involved in the governance forum? Uh, which is super active i saw when i checked it yeah so obviously follow us on twitter um i'm sure in, um, you have show notes we'll put it there and join our discord i think those are the two main ones um and then there's a bunch of obviously channels inside there and one of them is for governance so there's a link to our forum and all that stuff so i would actually say just look at the past proposals and see how people talk with one another you'll see some familiar names that show up and most of them are just community members it's not even like marinade team members uh, and then see if it's for you. So uh, I haven't met too many people that don't like the vibe uh, of Marinade, but it's people who are serious, but don't take themselves too serious. Uh, so I think that's a kind of cool balance to try to strike. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's about it. Nice. And then I think you mentioned the NFT before, but I'm not sure if we actually named the name of the NFT and where it's available. So it's not an NFT in the way like OK Bears or SMB. Okay. What it is, is you just go to like the Marinade website. And then if you go to Marinade Governance and click stake, it'll uh, if you have it in your Phantom or Slope or whatever wallet you use, you can then lock whatever number of Marinade tokens you want. And then it'll give you an NFT and get sent to your wallet. So uh, I think it's just called And are they Marinade. resellable on a third party um uh, marketplace yeah. so you can sell, you can right now go to magic eden put in like marinade and you'll see the nfts but the value it's not necessarily like oh the artwork like how many traits does it have like we want that to be part of it but the main value is how much marinade is actually locked in the governance but hey it's a market if you want to pay extra for a golden octopus then go ahead uh but in terms of the intrinsic there is intrinsic value in addition to artistic value is it kind of like then a bit like MSOL, but for governance, because you get it as a, a derivative when it's Ooh, I like being voted. Think. Hmm. I've <laughs> never seen it put that way. Okay. I think that's not a bad example. 
because it does give you liquidity. Yeah. It's the M sold of NFTs. Not bad. It's the M sold of NFTs. Cool. Yes. Then check it out. Check it out on the governance forum of Marinade. Uh, thanks so much, Torob, for coming on. It's been a real pleasure to chat about all things liquid staking with you. Yes, sir. And if uh, you're ever in the Bay Area, we're definitely going to go check out the Solana office and grab some coffee. We'd love to. We'd love to. Bye-bye. All right, man. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And I'd also like to give a brief reminder that nothing said on the podcast is financial advice. My views are my own. And when navigating crypto, remember that you are responsible for your own assets and always do your own research.